podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have a special returning guest, somebody who can give us probably an inside view of the Asia Cup that's currently going on, all the way from the Emerald Isle. Hello, Estelle. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ajit. Thanks for having me. So by Emerald Isle, I mean, I mean uh, Sri Lanka. great to have you here again nestel and i think uh, we would me and my listeners would really appreciate a inside perspective on the you know the asia cup the organization and so on so before we get into cricket maybe we should first have a quick chat on uh, sri lanka and how are things there first of all how are you doing yeah, i'm doing all right things in sri lanka have kind of gotten better over the last year um mm-hmm. obviously still um issues persist uh but things have gotten a lot better in terms of the economy and um stuff like that i do wish things get much better and uh there is more tourism i know tourism is one of the more more mm. important uh, income sources as well and i really hope that really gets uh, picked up and the situation changes and for the better that because i really have a soft spot for the island and i really hope things get much better than they are currently and i know things are not always uh, what we would like it to be but i hope it gets better yeah. all right onwards to some slightly sunnier topics so let's start with the asia cup have you been following it uh, closely uh, from a journalistic perspective as well or just as a fan uh, i have actually been covering it for the papare.com where i work so i was mm-hmm. in Can- palakale for a couple of games there um colombo i haven't been at the venue but i've been covering it for my team Nice. How come there are no games at the Gala Fort this time? I mean, I really love that venue. They don't really use it for limited overs cricket. I don't ah. think it's been used in the last ten to fifteen years, actually. Uh, just because I think stadium capacities and uh, stands and all of those things are not available at the Gala Stadium. But yeah, it's it's a pretty beautiful place exactly. to watch I mean, cricket. I went there uh, when in, during my trip to Sri Lanka I was there at the fort and from the top of the fort you can actually watch the game yeah. there was some I think for club game going on but that was very nice to see and uh, yeah maybe there are also not everywhere uh, there is a chance for uh, maybe a day night cricket and as you say some capacity yeah. perspective yeah. that that's very relevant but yeah uh more cricket there i would i would really like it because i just like the place but all right coming back to the games themselves so i think we can quickly go through some of them where we start with the sri lanka bangladesh game all super fours so basically bangladesh very narrow loss and that more or less means they're out of the out of the tournament unless something miraculous well i think they're out aren't they they are they are actually with india winning yesterday against sri lanka ah. they basically don't have a chance of going through So I mean Sadira Samaravikrama really played really well because he he was the one that dragged Sri Lanka to something competitive so and he scored at an you know, strike rate of 130 where everybody was struggling at least the top order did a bit of it but after him Asalanka Dhananjaya De Silva and Dunit Velalage I think this is the best we can get out of Dasun Shanaka under certain circumstances he may give you the occasional real sparkling knock but this is on par for uh, Dasun Shanaka first of all do you think that uh i wouldn't say on par but i think it 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 was a good innings considering uh, mm. the form he is coming into the game with he hasn't had that many runs under his belt so in this situation i think just playing that supporting role to sadira samaravikrama who as you mentioned was batting so well looked like he was playing on a different surface altogether it wasn't the easiest to bat on so mm. given the circumstances I guess you can be satisfied with uh, what Shanaka offered but you know being being the kind of the finisher uh, he is and knowing his capabilities Sri Lanka would have expected a few more runs from him um and maybe 
expected him to see sri lanka through but in the end the total that sri lanka got uh, turned out to be enough against bangladesh fair enough look that was at least from bangladesh perspective they would feel really really disappointed because 257 at colombo so there are two apparently two kinds of tracks in this colombo rps stadium one that is like seeming the one that was used for india pakistan match and the other one which is a more uh, you know more typical pitch of rps yeah. which is turning and can sort of you know begin to stay low and so on do you know which sort of pitch was used probably the turning one yeah I, as far as i understand i mean i don't claim to be uh, an expert on pitches but mm. uh, as far as i understand what happened with the india game india pakistan game was i think they left a little bit of grass on the track mm. so it did turn out to be a lot more helpful to the quicks uh, and the ball did seem to come on to the bat a lot better whereas the sri lanka bangladesh and um the sri lanka india game yesterday as well we saw the ball taking turn a lot more uh, and being like completely assistive to the spinner so uh, i think more than really the nature of the track it's it's the preparation that may have made the difference also it might have been by choice where you know you see that there is a little bit of there's a little bit of uh, capability there that maybe there was some hint from the asian cricket council where they said uh, make this india pakistan pitch a bit more spicier you know well we'll never know those things but uh, yeah nonetheless if we come back to this one 257 turned out to be comfortably more than enough uh, bangladesh they would feel really let down because they were in the game i mean again one solid innings tawhid hriday a bunch of 20s i think mushfiqur rahim uh, litan das litan das has not at all been firing Mehdi Hasan Miraz, the experiment of opening with him seems to be okay. Mohamed Naeem hasn't been able to do much either. But again, I think it was going to be a battle of middle orders and or rather finishers because they, they had still 11 balls left. And in theory, 11 balls, 20, 21 runs can be scored. So do you think the Sri Lankan bowlers pulled, uh, pulled it out of the fire for Sri Lanka? Yeah, absolutely. I think at, at one point when... Um... Ridoy and uh, Mushfiqur Rahim were batting it did look like Bangladesh would be able to get to the total um it just seems like even even looking at the game yesterday between Sri Lanka and India mm. that once you get in the track does seem to ease out a little bit uh, in that chase right and we saw that in both those games and Ridoy played exceptionally well but coming back to the Sri Lankan performance i would say that you know they they held their nerve i think that was what was important mm-hmm. uh, the likes of mahesh tikshana you know spinner bowling in the death he was the one who kind of really shut the door on bangladesh and Correct. ensured that sri lanka got the win so uh, i think that that is very, it was very promising for sri lanka because as as you would know we have three frontline bowlers who are missing from the side so right. um it was very promising to see people stepping up and you know just holding their nerve in a, in a tough situation because if sri lanka had lost that game then they know they've got two tougher opponents to come and it would have been tough to really push towards getting through to the final but uh, yeah they held their nerve brilliantly in the end of course i think you're right uh, when you talk of missing bowlers probably Hasaranga's batting is also something that could have been handy on these pitches. Of course, he would have helped with his bowling. Uh, he's out injured, isn't he? That's why he's been withdrawn at the last minute, if I remember. Yeah, he he's carrying a hamstring injury. So, that's why he was uh, taken out of the squad, I think. Also, it's probably a matter of kind of, you know, taking care of him because Sri Lanka mm. need him to be fit for the World Cup. correct i mean that seems very relevant indeed so yeah you always think maybe he could come back for the last few games but then yeah sometimes it's also okay to just rest a key bowler same with uh, probably kumara and chamira i mean for me those three can simply win you games by themselves a bit of consistency needs to be alloyed with the pace and the aggression there at least for those two yeah chamira is injured uh, he's a standard hmm. shoulder injury um during the lpl so he's it's not injury management with him but he's he's actually recovering okay. uh, but 
but similar to hasaranga i think lahiru kumar as well it's more about kind of managing him and managing his body he's he's had problems with with injury throughout his career so he's another one as well as you know dilshan madushankar the left arm quick all oh, right who also would likely have started for sri lanka i mean if 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 everyone was fit um mm. those those three would probably have been in the squad and two of them would have been playing so um i think the injured but most of it is to do with kind of managing their workload and ensuring that they are fit when the world cup comes around in that case i think sri lanka would be happy because they seem to have punched above their weight if they were missing three key bowlers you know uh, also another question i had for you we haven't seen kusal pereira yet even for a single game because he was sort of on the fringes of the squad then now he was selected in the squad if i'm not wrong but i was also hoping he might get a game to try to show what he's capable of because i think he's still a very important player for the upcoming couple of years potentially yeah kusal pereira has also been kind of out of the team with injury since 2021 hmm. uh he's had massive problems with hamstring injuries uh and does he just doesn't seem like the luckiest guy because just after he was picked in the asia cup squad he was he tested positive for covid oh. and then there was a recovery period for him uh from that as well he is in the squad and he's been in the nets as well so mm. it it's just a matter of now deciding whether sri lanka want to you know push him into the side or who they want to uh, replace in the team we might see I, in my opinion we might see a change against pakistan because that opening partnership of karunaratna and nisanka hasn't clicked at all mm. during the asia cup so it's possible that we see him um in the lineup there right that that could be a good idea but i mean for me personally patum nishanka has done enough that he will be selected in the world cup squad at least i expect that way uh, he might not be firing here but he looks like a class act i mean in the sri lanka bangladesh game he did something but india sri lanka game he couldn't do much and dimut karunaratna well i think it was an experiment to bring him into the squad wasn't it so that he could provide that solidity in asian conditions to bat the first 20 overs of almost you know he has enough to score 80 runs on or 80 runs 100 balls without really stretching himself too much it, was that the intention or something else you may want to correct me no i think that was the intention in kind of bringing about some stability at the top of the order he obviously hasn't been a regular part of the limited overs side throughout his career he's been pretty much a test specialist but was brought into the squad before the 2019 world cup and to be honest performed better than expected uh, then was not in the team again for the next 3 years and again he's been brought in just before the world cup mm. he did have a good time during the qualifiers but as we are finding out now uh, it might not be might not have been the best a tournament to judge you know who who's going who who is going to be your opening partnership for the world cup as you know he's he's really struggled i think even against india yesterday just the type of innings that he's played mm. yesterday's game was tailor made for a player like him you know he's he faces Correct. difficult conditions in test cricket opening the batting Uh, he didn't need to score quickly he could have gone as slow as he needed to uh, but still couldn't cope i think it's 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 a problem in the sense that maybe it's a bit too safe the way the administration is thinking with two guys who mm. don't really score that fast uh, at the top of the order and what happens is when one isn't isn't scoring obviously the pressure is on the other player so nisanka as you said has had his good times over the last couple of years i would say in limited overs cricket although uh, i'm a firm believer that his best format is test uh, we haven't seen him that much in test cricket right but he he's done reasonably well in my opinion sri lanka can afford to have both of them opening uh, mm. should ideally be someone a lot more attacking on one end and one of them on the other well then wouldn't kusal janit perera be the right man there right at the top uh, somebody who can take the stick to the bowlers if required right so be a bit yep. more aggressive let uh, somebody like um, 
Karunaratna, let's just say. Karunaratna really bed down, eat up all the balls he wants uh, to try. And so yesterday you were absolutely right. In yesterday's game, that was a tailor-made game for Karunaratna. If you had a 80 out of 120, I think Sri Lanka would have won. And yeah, uh, absolutely. he missed an opportunity. And I dare say, if you were to quickly shift to yesterday's game, because we are talking so much about it. So um, India were definitely under par. From that dismissal of Rahul, I think the game turned on its head. Velalage really bold, excellent lens. Yesterday I was watching the watching the game a bit closer. And I think Charita Salanka was a bonus at that point in time, the way he bowled. But between them, they really shut India down. Velalage was, I think the first seven or eight hours, she was very good. And his dismissal of Rahul, Pandya, Jadeja. I mean, look, there's not a lot you can do to those balls. Um, Kohli gave it away. I think Shubman Gill's ball, if you bowl it to any top order batsman 10 times, probably they'll be either beaten or bowled 8 out of 10 of those. That was such a good ball, I thought. Right? So, Rohit Sharma's innings made that difference. And then a little bit of batting. I think Kishan did the right thing, trying to absorb some pressure, knowing they can always hit towards the end. Akshar Patel has some big shots, right? But then I think for the first time, we were really face-to-face with the problem of India's lower order. Right? So... Mm -hmm. If there is no Shardul and if Jadeja can't get going, Jadeja couldn't yesterday. They kept him down. Same for Hardik. So they were both tied down to a strike rate of 20 and then they were both dismissed. Right? If that were to ever happen, you know you're really screwed as an Indian fan because uh, between Bumra, Kuldeep and Siraj, on a good day, they may not last 20 balls. So do you see this really as an issue that Indian management might try to work around by always having somebody like Shardul or Akshar in the 11 or is this a risk the Indian management can take do you think? I think it's absolutely a risk they can take because they have such a strong batting lineup. I mean if you look at it, they've got some of the biggest names in world cricket right in that batting lineup Hmm. and also the fact is if we really look at the bigger picture, how many times if you, if you look at the immediate future, how many times in the World Cup are they going to come across a pitch like we got at the Premadasa? I would guess not many times. I would be surprised if India played on a track like this at the World Cup. Mm. I would expect the pitches to be run heavy. And in those circumstances, you don't really need your bottom three to get the job done. I'm a firm believer that if your top six is not getting you runs, your seven, eight, and nine, it doesn't matter who you play there. The job of your top six is to get the big runs. Obviously, you will have a couple of games where you lose wickets and then you hope that the likes of... I mean, I've seen Bumrah play a couple of, you know, decent knocks where he's gotten a couple of boundaries away. You'd hope that he can produce that sort of knock when they do lose wickets. Look, uh, to paraphrase a very famous Indian commentator of Easter years, pitches are like wives. You don't know which way they will turn. But I don't think that will be applicable at the beginning of the tournament. But as the tournament goes on, yeah. there may be some wear and tear that may creep in even on... I think they've done a good job of uh, scheduling. But even on some of the known pitches, some of the well-known and uh, famous pitches, there may be some wear and tear that may creep, creep in. And then... You may actually see this in the semi-final of a World Cup, where really there may be one or two spinners who may run through the lineup and then it may mm-hmm. require that they may spend some time. So that's the most important thing, I think, that they are able to spend some time at the yeah. crease, just trying to drag the game into the depth. So I think Akshar Patel did that very well. They were all out of the last in the first ball of the last over. Sorry. Mm. So that basically meant in theory they ate up all the balls they could. But then if they had gotten that 20 or 30 more runs on such a pitch, you know that's going to be above par. Yeah. Right? So 245, 250, because we saw in the previous previously discussed game, the Sri Lanka-Bangladesh game, that that was almost a winning score. And Bangladesh, because of a little bit of carelessness, they ended up short. In this game, if India were to be given 3, 238, 240, you would think that they would feel that much confident. Let's say they got the runs on the board, but then if you go one step forward from there, if you look at Sri Lanka's batting, you're right that, you know, when Karuna Ratna or Nisanka couldn't get them off to a start, 
I expected more from Kusal Mendes and Samara Vikrama simply because they have been that much hungrier, frankly. Because I think they have been handed enough chances that they now know one more chance may never come. So mm-hmm. at least Kusal Mendes is trying to bed down, and I think uh, he was worked out well by Bumra. And then Samara Vikrama, I think one of those maverick balls. He he could have waited a little longer. Kuldeep Yadav was still only getting into his spell. I think he wanted to dominate him a little bit. Is that how he lost his wicket? You think, or was he worked out? Yeah, I think that you're spot on in that. Samara Vikrama, I think he plays spin really well. So there would probably have been a plan in his mind to kind of put Kuldeep Yadav under a bit of pressure. Obviously, Sri Lanka would have been aware that he's coming in after taking a five-wicket haul against Pakistan, right? So his confidence is at a high so they were wanted to put him on the back foot right away and samara vikram is someone who does play spin really well ball, ball turning into him um he would have backed himself to kind of get a couple of boundaries and put him on the back foot hmm so then comes a couple of mavericks uh, that's what i like to call them asalanka and then anjay de silva you don't know which way they'll go i think asalanka was hanging in there well and kuldeep caught him out that was a tough ball you can't do much but dhananjay de silva and then dunit velalage so it was dunit velalage's day dasun chanaka came and went again i would have taken a quick fire 25 of 20 from him you know yeah. on a pitch like this he's going to get worked out he doesn't have the technique to last very long and i don't know what was discussed but a quick fire 20 would have been better from dasun chanaka i thought in yesterday's pitch because dhananjay de silva was solid he ate up 66 balls played almost 90 minutes of time then you know all you need is to bring the target down as much as possible so that with the likes of dunit velalage and maybe mahesh tikshna can hold one end up but then you may sri lanka may be facing the similar sort of a challenge between tikshna rajita and patirana but let's get there so that could have made a difference i thought that was more tactical than anything so silverwood is a very keen observer of such kind of tactics i think it might have been him that might have suggested to samara vikrama and then later on to velalage to take a little bit of aggressive approach against the spinners simply to push put them off their lengths right and that nearly worked at least with the way velalage played yeah i i think you know you speaking about a quick quick fire 20 from dasun shanaka i think mm. that's also pertinent if you think about at the top of the order if Hmm. Nisanka or Karuna Ratna was able to get away a bit quickly um instead of you know getting bogged down you know you got you're facing guys like Bumra and Siraj who are not easy to get away but if they were able to get that extra maybe 10 to 15 runs in that power play hmm. i think certainly it would have put a lot more pressure on the spinners coming in because Jadeja and uh, Kuldeep would anyway have been under pressure knowing that india were below par 213 hmm. i felt was not a pass go on that track uh, like you said if they had got to 230 235 that would have been a winning total so um, i mean they won anyway but um, you know at the end of the first innings they would have been a lot happier with about 235 on the board so shanaka you're right he he, he doesn't have the technique against spinners so maybe the tactic really should have been for him to go after the bowling i also felt like maybe it would have been a better option to hold him back mm. and send in dunit velalage so that you have a left hand right hand combination out there as well as you know someone who can uh, who's not a flashy cricketer who's not a flashy batter uh, but can kind of if you saw, watched him bat yesterday he seemed in control most of the time you know he wasn't you know mindlessly slogging or you know trying to take on the bowlers even when he did hit kuldeep for six and then that straight drive of jadeja it was clearly something uh, some a plan thought out by him how he would attack them so it that could also have been i suppose in hindsight an mm. option um but yeah uh, there definitely would have been a plan to not get bogged down against the spinners because you know guys like jadeja they thrive on you know getting players on the back foot getting them defensive 
and kind of you know buying their wickets from there putting them under pressure so um yeah unfortunately it didn't work but i felt like that was velal again daranjiti silva showed us how you need to play out those bowlers in the middle overs i think we need to also have a quick chat on velal again the cricketer um 40 for 5 against a very accomplished indian batting lineup where his five wickets included four of the top five right this is mm-hmm. and if you take hardik pandya five of the top six so that's fantastic bowling and this looks like a very accomplished cricketer at such a young age because what i was impressed with is one his length which is tough if you are a spinner but the second more important one was his temperament i remember yeah. him taking on kuldeep yadav hitting him for a six try to dent his confidence and see we know what dhananjaya de silva is he's maverick enough that he's won some unwinnable games himself but to see somebody else like this who has the same sort of you know devil maker attitude at a point you said he's more uh, he's more conservative in his approach but maybe there's more to be explored there for this lad right uh, he can become a true true match winner and i don't care about the shorter formats i think he has it in him to win test matches for sri lanka so i don't know if you know any of the inside thought process on how they want to use him yeah he's he's his story is kind of an interesting one because when you look at him you know at first glance or whatever i don't think there are a lot of people who rate him as you know a fully fledged bowler or mm. fully fledged batter but mm. he just seems to keep exceeding expectations i mean he played uh, the five match series against australia last year and was you know excellent again uh, he's only in the side because hasaranga is not available for selection and he's been so so impressive i think more than anything it's been the temperament that has been impressive i can't think of a bit a better five wicket haul in terms of names mm. from a sri lankan in the recent past uh, <laughs> rohit sharma shubman gill virat kohli hardik pandya and kl rahul uh, i mean those you those are the things some players only dream, only can dream of right a yeah. five wicket haul <laughs> uh featuring those five players um Absolutely. so his his temperament has been the most important thing and who knows i think looking at how he's gone he's always exceeded expectations so test cricket might not be um something that's beyond his reach either because he's just kept going and kept getting better um as as time has gone by and you have to remember he's only 20 years old he played the under 19 world cup just i think was it last year or the year before last so mm. he's very very new to international cricket at this level but to hold is i mean to be as composed as he is obviously there are going to be challenges and there are going to be you know gaps in him being like the complete cricketer for example um yesterday when kasun rajita came into bat he took a single off the last ball and it meant right. that rajita would be on strike <laughs> in the next over right. you know things like that are going to happen but that's when we have to kind of remember that he's only 20 years old he has a long way to go and it's always going to be a continuous learning uh, experience and that's i think one thing you can see in him is that he doesn't seem to be you know that overly cocky type of player he seems mm. very grounded and willing to learn and adapt to new situations so very promising signs i don't know what you know the future holds for him but seeing how he's gone in the last two years i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he does end up playing test cricket for sri lanka too right and uh, from your mouth to whoever is listening sitting up there may he have a fruitful and a long career because he looks really promising as far as i'm concerned and uh, now if we have to also quick have a quick chat on india and how mm-hmm. they have been doing we saw the two sides of india i suppose in those two games the super fours one against pakistan where they were so accomplished that most teams would be wary of facing this india in the world cup and other one where they were very mortal but still they did enough to uh, you know drag the game out of the fire and they hung in there and worked out ways to get the sri lankan batsmen dismissed so looking at this india first of all you can see it's it's, it's a behemoth of a top order 
you rightly said all those big names and you saw that they took some time on the first day but on the second day they were able to convert it and score 200 plus runs in 25 overs plus and that meant you know 356 will be challenging no matter who is the batting team yeah yeah and then their bowlers came and bowled almost unplayable balls the first 10 overs that swing that was on offer and the control from siraj specifically i mean you couldn't do much and then pandya comes out and bowls babar azam with a very very accomplished ball so when you look at that do you think in india are sort of showing the right sort of uh, you know signs so to say to sort of go ahead and win another world cup at home but or is it a little too early they have some more kings to work out i think this this asia cup has almost been the perfect or the exact thing that they needed going into the world cup because they've managed to kind of test out every little thing that they needed to test out before the world cup for example you know someone like kl rahul coming in and mm. getting a 100 the first time he's playing uh, in a few months ishan kishan has been brilliant with the bat so far uh, hardik pandya's second spell yesterday mm. bumra coming in uh, you know kuldeep yadav all the questions that i know there were a lot of you know doubts about kuldeep coming in and chahal being left out you know stuff like that i think mm. a lot of those kinks they have been able to work out particularly in the last two games on tracks like what we saw against Pakistan they are very very tough team to beat because they've got the batting power but they've also got bowlers who can deal with those kind of conditions and mm. we saw yesterday as well you know uh, yes they lost a lot of early wickets and then you had that a sensible partnership between Ishan Kishan and uh, KL Rahul where they knew that if they did take the game deep they would be able to put on a uh, you know decent target on the board so I think it's been really good for them um they certainly go into the world cup as one of the favorites um to win the title but you never know when it comes to a, a big tournament do you i mean so many things can go wrong like you mentioned if we do see where and there in the pictures we don't know what will happen in a semi final or a final it, mm. like if we see a game like yesterday that's anyone's game right it doesn't matter what big names you have or what has happened in the past in a knockout game uh, you know anything can happen absolutely so siraj with his control bumrah with the wickets up front but i think hardik pandey has been a revelation he will probably need to deliver between 4 and 6 to 8 overs every game at best but then the pace at which he was bowling and the certain amount of menace he brought in that was very good to see right kuldeep is riding a wave of confidence jadeja is what he is he showed yesterday again the value where he's able to come back from a little bit of a big hit against him but tie the batsman down slowly get those wickets and then tail i think might always face a bit of a trouble against somebody with uh, kuldeep's confidence and his skill set and kuldeep says he's able to bowl that much better because of the change in the speed at which he's bowling and so on you you see this is excellent so india india i think are doing or doing the right things have a comfortable win have a tight win put put things in place if possible go ahead and play well in the finals maybe even win the asia cup and then you're sort of having your preparations for the home world cup right on track as far as i am concerned but sri lanka do you think they will also look to address that one very uh, big issue where i think again their last three or four might not amount to much with the bat much like india or will they also take it on in the same india's manner yeah i mean i don't think they will be that worried about the you know bottom three because as as you say as i said you know the runs will need to come from that top order and at the moment it's not coming from the top order so that will be i think the bigger concern there fair enough but okay now to finish off um are you happy there was an additional day kept for a game between india pakistan where there is no other additional day or was it sort of maybe decided beforehand and it's not much of a surprise because the other boards did say they were consulted when this decision was taken yeah i, um, I mean it's like this logically there should not be a difference in the rules for any teams mm. right but we know what gov- i mean we know what rules tournaments um and we know how decisions are made everybody knows that 
money is what matters the broadcasters are what matters mm. um and india pakistan is the game that brings in the most amount of revenue um in terms of having an extra day i think it it's a massive problem in that mm. you know if by some chance if india or pakistan ends up ended up i don't think there's a possibility now but if one of the teams ended up with an extra point because of the result that they were able to pull out with two days mm. um then that's certainly a problem because it's not a level playing field anymore right correct um but you know sadly if we look at cricket right now these are the kind of decisions that we are going to have to accept because that doesn't seem like there's anything that particularly boards like sri lanka can uh i mean to be honest can bang the bangladesh cricket board or sri lanka cricket board oppose that decision i mean without facing consequences i don't think so so it's not it's it's not a very pleasant sight certainly as a cricket fan it's obvious that it's not a le- level playing field but mm. it, at the same time it's a it's it's inevitable now that that's how things are going to go because there's money in certain things and money you know cash is king right look there is a saying isn't it everyone's equal but some people are more equal than others mm. yeah i don't subscribe to that see for me um when you're playing a tournament the rules of the, the rules of engagement in terms of how many free days how many extra days who, who plays where and so on should be decided well before time and no matter what happens that cannot be changed look yeah this is a tournament where there have been two winners i think at least once where india sri lanka once shared the trophy right mm. and maybe even more than that simply because uh, the rules of engagement were decided well in advance and people stuck to it see yeah. if for a final when the result was in doubt if you had one extra day you could have agreed to have one more extra day then it would have still made some sense because you wanted a winner but there yeah. after two days of rain when two teams are able to decide that let's share the trophy and let's move on that seems very fair for me right mm-hmm. and we are talking i think early 2000s when this happened money is money is big the cloud of money the cloud of advertisement broadcasters all of these i have to accept are important but then there is also just holding up the right thing to be done and carrying it out right i would have appreciated if there were some protests and yeah. then some way of placating that some concessions that were made in terms in as much that everybody gets a, every super four game has a extra day i know that's probably not possible at this stage mm. they probably had thought of it well in advance where there was an additional free day immediately following india pakistan so they knew ah this may happen let's already agree to it so i have a feeling it may have been agreed uh, like a preset plan but then but that, that that's means- that's not i mean even now even today is a rest day but Correct. sri lanka india doesn't have a uh, i mean they didn't they didn't have a reserve day. day for yeah so even though today is also technically it's a rest day right and that's i mean i can't imagine what it's like for the indian and pa- the, the indian team yeah. Yeah. they are also you know and it's not, just because you don't play you didn't you played like 20 overs in the first day you've been mentally switched on right throughout right because you're expecting Correct. that anytime you have to come out to bat for example kohli and kl rahul they were batting then it rained from that point to when they called the play off mm. you have to be mentally switched on because Correct. you don't know at what moment they're going to say okay we have we have to go back and play so i mean when you look at the situation it's not about the players it's not a certainly not about the fans it's not about people who care about the sport mm. at the end of the day it's about what makes money right and <laughs> that's mm. what's disappointing i feel i i'm sure uh, even though they are unlikely to say anything publicly because they've obviously had restrictions on them as, as well mm. i wouldn't say someone like rohit sharma or virat kohli is happy that they had to play 3 days in a row correct see most of these are test match players and they are mm. used to that sort of intensity but again 
all of that being said i was just not happy about one rule for one set of teams and another for another yeah. i i, I yeah. concede whatever you said made sense in terms of see that's the point right when your hand is strong if you cannot show magnanimity the wheel occasionally turns will turn it's a matter of time mm. do you expect that similar sort of treatment will not be meted out to you or your friends when things change and then that means it leads to a cyclic cyclic way of dealing with things where yeah i'll wait for my turn so it has to change some way where the people with the power are more magnanimous and take everybody into account and not make decisions which seem a bit well let's just say one sided right but okay enough on that i think because this has already been done and apparently that was a good decision if you just visit it in its as it as a single decision and not in picture of the full you know the mm-hmm. tournament apparently that meant a result came out and it was a if you are an india fan a fantastic game right yeah uh-huh. all right but that that defeat in terms of the bigger picture it means pakistan are nearly sunk as far as yeah. their chances of making the final go india may have lost uh, india may have beaten sri lanka but sri lanka because it was a tough and a tight game from a purely uh, run rate perspective they're still in the contest so tomorrow it's more or less a semi final isn't it yeah absolutely and pakistan need to win sri lanka can go through with a no result and again even that reserve day is coming back to affect pakistan because if mm. that was a no result they carry an extra point right correct correct i mean everybody would have been alive even at this stage i think even bangladesh would have had a chance or whatever but anyway let's move on from that and i think apart from the money i think pakistan was looking forward to playing india and mm. playing well and winning the game right when you set these things up you don't think what happens if we lose you think what happens yeah. if we win right mm. that's how it proceeded but all right after that uh, i will ask you one last important most important question i think who will win the asia cup do you think uh, on form right now i would say it's it's between in it, it is in, in india's to lose because they were they are already in the final we've seen as you mentioned two different sides of their game one game where they sco- they scored 350 and completely dominated with the bat and also with the ball um and then another game where things were tough and like sri lanka did against bangladesh india just held their nerve i would say yesterday just you know held their nerve knowing that one wicket when de silva and uh, velala gave a batting was going to give them the win just got got through the tough period and got the job done so india definitely favorites absolutely and i expect it will go down to the wire no matter who will face india in the final and i will actually want sri lanka to qualify <laughs> ahead of pakistan as things stand simply because they are also playing at home and they are the defending champions right so let's see if uh, it goes that way um now if you were to have a quick chat on the other international cricket currently underway so south africa australia odi series markram hit of 100 in the third odi mm. to finally sort of turn the wheel of losses that was going against south africa so they weren't doing particularly badly i thought but just couldn't get the victory so they had a very convincing victory in the third game but before that again australia really 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 professional 392 for 8 again second odi you you know i don't know 99 mm. out of 100 times the team that made 392 will win and that's how it went mm. and south africa again they got 45 from quinton de kock 46 from temba bavuma and a bunch of near 50s from clason and miller sort of things are falling in place for them but are you worried if you are a south africa fan about their bowling yes yeah, a strange one because they do have a good bowling lineup on paper right i mean if you got nokia mm. and rabada in your lineup you've already got two world class bowlers but um that fifth option might be an issue that is going to worry them um mm. because you expect someone like nokia to go for runs because he's so quick and he's going to be attacking but when you do have that kind of bowler then you need to ensure that the others don't go for as many runs and in this series at least what we've seen is it's been really tough for them to uh, stem the flow of runs so that'll be i think definitely a concern going into the world cup 
because just because at least at the beginning of the tournament it's most likely to be you know batting friendly wickets right see uh, the other thing i think there's been options i think they tried a few people they did not get really convinced by them but they are relying on aiden makram as the third spinner mm. so you have uh, shamsi you have um maharaj very good bowlers but they may not both play at the same time simply because you expect south africa to go with three strong fast bowlers kageshwar abada enric norkia marco jansen uh, lungi engedi and maybe one or two of the others and then you would have an all rounder like andile peluhwai or somebody to back them up much like how india have pandya or shardul but then i'm really worried about that spin quotient as well eden makram is all right but i mean he's more of a t20 he's a very street savvy bowler he's not even as good as dhananjay de silva forget as good as being glen maxwell i think do you think this might come back to bite them come the world cup i think they're going to need to be flexible with that bowling lineup because you you have a guy like keshav maharaj who who is known as a test bowler primarily but has kind of the attributes of being one of those bowlers who will do well in the subcontinent just because he's so he's difficult to get away for runs even if he doesn't pick up wickets he's able to keep those lengths and lines really good and mm. keep the run scoring down so i think they may have to be flexible i think teams are going to have to be really flexible in their uh in how they go plan for the world cup because particularly in the bowling lineup lot of selection will need to be based on what type of pitches they are coming up against if i mean you would expect teams to play the extra spinner when you're playing in india but the conditions might might not be that spin friendly so then they will have to make that decision but i mean if i had a choice i would definitely try to fit shamsi and maharaj in the same 11 uh, mm. particularly because someone like marco jansen is more than competent with the bat right he's he can easily be your number 7 or even number 6 so mm. you've got that space to play an extra bowler anyway i wouldn't go that high up with marco jansen i think seven is already uh, one step too high for me if you ask me personally okay he's only a number 8 yet maybe a number 7 at best mm-hmm. for me you'll need one more solid batter but you wouldn't want to go in without rasi fonder dushan david miller and clason yeah. i think mm-hmm. they will make up a six a natural six if you add demba bouma markram and yeah. uh, quinton dukak that's Dukak, it so yeah. for me i purposely wouldn't change that because those both are both are match killers in mm-hmm. terms of clason and uh, david miller for me right yeah, but okay that that that's where that you know that a spin all rounder would be very good and they are relying on markram to do the job as far as they are concerned this is something i'm looking at and again just to coming come back to the context he was really targeted by uh, by both labushkagne and english and of course warner right they went after mm. him he went to the tune of 7.8 runs over 10 overs yeah that's a lot even though their lower order really couldn't push on they would, i think they were at some point in time in sides of 450 if they wanted mm-hmm. and they sort of uh, fell away a little towards the end thanks to some reasonably good comeback by rabada and then of course shamsi basically shamsi tied them up so otherwise they they were looking at trouble and then that was a write off the second one that meant they had you know lost five games in a row yeah. and that that's never a good sign leading up to a world cup but then they seem to have made some sort of a comeback in the third odi where um you know again the top order fired but makram converted it made 100 right and then again mm. they were able to make 338 which is enough to put it past australia where i think australia would be slightly worried now because at least mitchell marsh has not clicked david warner again mm. made runs head has been doing okay labushkagne now can't be dropped apparently but then when they replaced josh english with carry carry couldn't do much and then mm. the rest of the much wanted hitting lineup stoinis david abbot right they couldn't do much tanvir yeah. sanga was given a go that's okay so if you are looking at australia i think you would be mostly happy but then do you also think they have something they can further fix yeah i think they certainly look like a team that's coming together i mean warner's form will be a huge relief for them because you know you don't want to go into a world cup where your your opening batter is completely out of touch and i think what's more promising is that 
He's been scoring runs quickly in this series, whereas in 2019, he seemed to be a lot more slower getting going. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't be too worried if I was, uh, you know, in the Australian camp because, you know, mm. they're a, they a big tournament team, right? They come out at the World Cups and, right. you know, just fight. They're big players, just stand up and... Um, contribute really well so with the likes of you know Cummings um, stuck to come back into the side I think they've got more it more or less figured out Alex Carey's position is the one I think as you mentioned which hmm. which which looks um, like maybe they are undecided on but yeah other than that looks good I mean English has done enough Josh English to make sure you know hmm. he put he put a lot of pressure. He might, he might become the starter in the eleven, and carry might slip into the backup role, almost. Mm. Because look, with the likes of Maxwell, Warner, and even maybe Smith, right? There is a chance yeah. one of them can still keep if something goes really wrong for one game, right? So I'm just thinking out loud here. So I think Australia have most of their bases covered because mm. with head they have some backup spin to even maxwell maxwell would be a starter and would give you 7 8 overs most games i think um, much like at least dhananjay de silva if i were to look at him same sort of maverick capability and so on so i think they have most of their bases covered and they'll be sweating on the injury of a few of those people like cummins whether yeah. hazel will be okay and then smith will be okay i think that as you rightly said Somebody will turn up. If nobody, any one of those people in the eleven will get up and say, you know, actually I've always been doing well in big tournaments. And they'll make sure they'll still do that. Mm. Moving on to the other series, the England-New Zealand series. I mean, yeah. these guys have been like heavy heavyweight boxers who've now at, after mm-hmm. 10 rounds are still sort of, you know, almost equal in terms of points. So yeah. the four T20I series went to two all. And if you look at the ODI series, it was one all before the third one today. And again, England seemed to have finally landed a big punch, if you look at it, mm-hmm. simply because if you look at the second one quickly before we go to today's uh, game, you know, I think then again, you 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 thought you could write England off and they, they would not bounce back. They did enough yeah. to come back comfortably, right? Then you say, are England going to run away with it? Maybe, because suddenly in the third ODI, they have made 368 and that was, they couldn't convert. They lost 11 balls because their bottom order collapsed under them. Mm. Otherwise, you would think, you know, they were going to comfortably make, again, 400 probably. So just to step one one step back, they have some things they're also trying to work out in terms of, is Root going to fit in the top order? Mm. And then what do they do with Harry Brook? If Johnny Berstow is also in the 11 and can they leave out David Milan? Some of those questions seems to be answering themselves. The other question was about Ben Stokes. So how do you see this fitting in terms of the performances in the last two ODIs uh, from England perspective? Yeah, England's looking really good. I, I mean, they've got a couple of selection headaches, which any team would be happy to have. I mean, you've got someone like Harry Brook mm. missing out on the squad. But the guys who are likely to be ahead of him are Jason Roy uh, and Johnny Biasto, right? Um, Joe Root seems to be the only concern. He hasn't gotten runs. But mm. then the question arises, do they need that kind of anchor player? Or do they want to go all guns blazing? I mean, Ben Stokes returning to ODI cricket and he's got like a 180 in this game. So, right. you know, things things are all good for them I think like they won't be complaining about having those headaches Um, they certainly look like one of the favorites going into the World Cup just because of how you know the amount of firepower they have in that batting lineup absolutely even Liam Livingston seems to have made a point where Mm. he's uh, you know that 95 has more or less made it certain he needs to be picked as well because he'll give you that cushion even at number 7 Yep, yep. And that innings was really exemplary, I thought. But then, Moeen um, Ali, Adil Rashid will give you the confidence with the ball. And mm-hmm. then you have the likes of Sam Curran, Chris Wokes. Sam Curran, I think he's undroppable for me, simply because he has this attitude where he can make things happen. Right? Both with the bat and the ball. He again showed that in the second ODI. And then, 
yeah maybe david willy that's a really tough question because apparently archer is trying to work back up to a full fitness mm. and willy is a bit worried will he be left out at the last moment like the previous world cup and jason rice position may have been a bit uh, become a bit tough simply because yep. well malan did enough he did he scored a 96 he's been doing really well whenever he's been given an opportunity right he's taken that opportunity with both hands and even though best has not done much you know he's here number one opener for yeah. sure for yeah. that, right stokes has done what he needs to do butler looks okay and so from that perspective england look pretty okay gus atkinson has given enough a pleasant headaches if you are a selector i think but then with new zealand i think ben, trent bolt has done really well he took a 5 for today in the today's mm-hmm. game in the first half kyle jamison knows he's not going because they've already mm-hmm. selected 11 right so yeah. people like locky ferguson made it ahead of kyle jamison and then um they see trachin ravindra was given a go but before we get to new zealand squad did you see that how they announced the squad yeah i think uh, it was a brilliant and unique way of announcing i thought you know who else but new zealand right absolutely kids like kids or partners are in one case i think there was a grandparent involved yeah right? yeah yeah fantastic so that's very unique and uh, even if you are left out you don't feel bad i think you'll still end up laughing if you are i don't know Kyle Jamison yes. you're like ah oh, come on that's nice right <laughs> so that was very nice but then uh, coming back to the squad itself um look rachin ravindra did enough i think he's he's sort of picking up his bowling over the last couple of years sort of preparing for this sort of a chance and i think he did really well he showed enough uh enough awareness with the ball let's put it like this mm. they have two spinners in terms of santner and isho they would be their number one spinners but as a backup yep. spinner I think because Michael Bracewell got ruled out because of injury he he would be your number one spinner I think you wouldn't see mm. New yeah. Zealand without Michael Bracewell going to India but then he's injured Achilles injury Achilles tendon injury not Achilles injury but that's a tough one to recover from it takes time we understood so yeah. that means yeah. Williamson has also been chosen he has not done much so that will be a one worry much like yeah. Joe Root for England but otherwise do you see the squad New Zealand squad and do you see something that may have been left out or some one you saw could have made it into the squad ahead of someone else yeah i think just looking at the squad finn allen might be the only one who i feel uh, tad bit you know unlucky not mm. unlucky but you know he, he he would have also been a good a good pick um for the side but new zealand is a, another one of those teams isn't it like nobody talks about them going into a big tournament all the conversation going into india is going to be about india mm. australia and england but they are the type of team who will just keep they'll stay a pairs with those teams um and in terms of selection you can't say there are any major uh, surprises in that uh, kane williamson inclusion i hope is not just done in hope but that he's going to be properly fully fit um mm. and able to kind of you know perform as we know he can uh, but yeah just i think you know no matter who they had picked if they had picked the likes of uh, Carl Jamison or even uh, Finnallen you would get that same kind of there's there's very little to choose between the players who they've picked and the three who are the main talking points in who've missed out hmm look i'm a bit worried about the form of saudi and in mm. in general about how he's shaping up because i think uh, saudi the one day player might not be any more as effective as he once was mm. so they have their bases covered in terms of middle order batting and spin backups mark chapman of course glen phillips they both can bowl right yeah. so yeah they are okay that way but i think for me locky ferguson you don't want to leave out because of his raw pace but mm. i thought maybe milne again i think he's also a bit injured but it's somebody who could have been good simply as a backup for saudi um saudi i don't think will be injured but he might not be as effective as he once was that's really one of the worries i have uh, mm-hmm. but okay outside of that williamson is the absolute uh, right point you made but he's also a very influential leader as far as the team is concerned yeah. he took them well to a tie in the final and uh, on count back of some stupid rule they lost but i think he might he might still come ahead and take the place and try to lead them well they have good middle order batsmen so good top order batsmen they're set well i think um 
I I still think they'll make a good fist of it. I I yeah. I would not be surprised if they turn up at the semifinals there. Uh moving on, I think Afghanistan also have a squad. Yeah. Any surprises for you in this Afghanistan squad at all? I So we don't see Gulbadin Naib in the squad but he's a traveling uh mm. traveling reserve, right? And then Farid Ahmed and Sharafuddin Ashraf have been also named as traveling reserves while at least from the squad itself there are not a lot of surprises. except i think asmatul omar zai he was he was not yeah. in the he was not so much in the squad or didn't play too many games and considering he's a medium fast bowler i am suddenly suddenly surprised to see somebody like him in the squad thoughts yeah i, I mean with afghanistan the thing though is that you basically know who that bowling lineup is going to consist of right going into mm. a game unless there is going to, there is an injury or something like that it's very unlikely that anyone outside those uh four or five bowlers are going to make it in i was actually i mean one talking point is of course uh, navin ulhaq who i believe he was on a break uh, from odi cricket Correct. yeah so he's he's in and i i think that really strengthens their bowling attack because fazal haq faruqi i feel has you know he he was brilliant in the last in the last asia cup um and then it's mm. he's kind of found it a bit difficult without that much support on the other end uh navin is a very capable bowler i think in t20 cricket definitely he has proved his worth um so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of form that partnership because as you mentioned gulbadin naib is not in the squad which is uh, i would say a little bit of a, a surprise given that he's been picked in the asia cup squad as well I think the way I look at it maybe he may have been handed a like a trial between him Asmatullah Omar Zai and Karim Janath. Mm. They are all sort of you know number 7 number 678 uh, sort of hard hitting uh, batter slash sort of will give you four five overs with the ball Pandya type player or even Marcus Stoinis probably Stoinis and Pandya are slightly more accomplished but that sort of a choice right yeah. and I think they were not happy with the bowling of Naib. Mm. even though i think he did take a 1 4 wicket haul i think he was yeah. too costly consistently mm. and karim janat didn't do much either with the bat or ball that means they are sort of forced to go back on the other sort of known quantity asmatul omar zai this is the way i looked at it the rest of the squad mm. i don't see too many too many yeah. surprises there's a player called riyas hasan mm. whom about whom i don't know much so yeah. that's the only other surprise for me would you know about him at all Uh no actually haven't really seen him in action at all uh come to think of it. Hmm. Um that's something uh, that we will also discover as we go on but they are also capable of throwing these uh raw raw diamonds like Rashid Khan or Bujibul Rahman. So mm-hmm. somebody who may come and completely surprise us either with a bat or ball or Rahman yeah. Lakarbas right so let's see how it goes. I'm always surprised when they bring these players but how accomplished they can certainly turn out much like sri lanka frankly so always i'm going to be hopeful that afghanistan do well it's almost a home world cup as well as far as they are concerned right so yeah so one breaking news i just saw this now that nasim shah has been ruled out of the asia cup with a shoulder injury and um zaman khan the left arm pacemen who sort of made a lot of name with psl has been drafted in one thing we need to see or one thing we are told is that it will not affect his world cup chances so that's important but that's sorted because even haris rauf was injured huh? so he was sort of he didn't bowl in that uh, reserve day against uh, india yeah yeah so something we get to know and well it's not a bad time to rest a few people i think if you are fast bowling line up with pakistan they need to give shahin shah some time in the middle which they are doing haris rauf has done enough to show he's uh, he's he's ready and so has nasim shah frankly i thought he might be short of a gallop uh, in his uh, bowling against india i thought but well he he is he's really really top quality bowler and um, i think they are one of the strongest bowling lineups as far as i'm concerned pakistan and they could as well rest nasim shah to give him some time to recover so that's okay as far as i'm concerned so the only other news that remains to be discussed well barbados royals women have won the first ever women's caribbean premier league it was a tight yeah. game and one person stood out one player hailey matthews the skipper who opened with the bat and then came back and did enough with the ball it was a high scoring game where spinners dominated 
from both sides so you saw that you know 169 might have been above par on that pitch but then um guyana amazon warriors didn't do much badly because they are they have a very accomplished top order batting and yeah. they nearly chased it down so a seven run win i think they would be huffing and puffing but they achieved it parvadas royals so congratulations to them were you able to catch this match at all or the tournament overall and any impressions you may have yeah actually it's not being you know it's not available for viewing in sri lanka so wasn't able to you know watch any of the cricket but been kind of following it online uh, on social media and stuff so uh, i felt like you know just looking at uh, the guyana team that they would dominate because they've got a couple of big names in there uh but yeah it seems like it has been a really interesting tournament and a good one uh for the women's game because we don't hear much from the caribbean premier league but that's mm. another region that we if it grows and if it's doing well it's it's something that's good for cricket right so absolutely look it has to be that way that uh, you have a chance to also build the local reserves in each of those islands in terms mm-hmm. of players and sort of give them the grounding and the skill set and also preparation in terms of how you prepare for a match how you train yeah. how you all of those suddenly change we saw that change the revolution happened in indian cricket the ipl mm. and every other team deserves to have this beat men's or women's and cpl i think was also overdue the men's cpl has been carrying on for a while so you know you know you can also do it for women and it will change the landscape of how the game is perceived and played across these islands and they need a revolution they need some sort of a change from a force that they were slowly you see this dwindling yeah in terms of results and in terms of performances on the field you want that to be changed and if it comes through a t20 medium i don't care and that's important for me because a strong west indies is very important for world cricket and i really hope this is one medium through which the women's game there bounces back yeah all right those are all the stories that we wanted to discuss for this episode so i would like to say thank you for your participation and as always some very incisive uh, opinions and observations that you always bring with yourself estel thank you for that uh thanks for having me ajit it's been i mean good to talk about not just uh cricket involving sri lanka but just to have a look at what's going around what's going on around the world and kind mm. of particularly in a world cup year and with the world cup not not too far away always a pleasure would you like to give a shout out about your social media handles and uh, the sort of everyday work the journalism that you do yeah so uh, currently i am at the papare.com which is a website in sri lanka dedicated to sport um you can follow me on twitter uh, just search estel_vasudevan and uh, i should pop up uh, for you that's basically the only social media platform i do use for work so follow me on there uh, you'll be able to kind of uh, it's mostly uh, you know watching sri lankan cricket um, account but yeah on and off you're going to have opinions about other teams as well perfect thanks for that shout out uh, we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from and thank you once again estel and have a nice day bye bye This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.